So um, just a, a quick heads up over the next few weeks. Um, so next week's Easter, as you know. Um, we'll, uh, then the week after that, um, my preaching schedule has been thrown a little bit a, a, off course with Alan visiting a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, that, that sort of put me out a little bit. So I was going to finish off the, um, the Beatitudes today, but I've got something else for today. So I'll probably finish off the Beatitudes after Easter. Then the week following that, we have a pulpit swap. And so that means I will be going to the International Community Church in Chertsey. And Rick, the pastor from there, will be coming here. Um, and uh, he's a great guy, really passionate for Jesus. Just uh, So I, I hope you enjoy what he has to say. He's going to be speaking on... Uh, we're going to, from throughout the year, just from one off, just going to be do these sessions on why we do what we do. If you remember, I, I talked about why we gather a while back. So I've asked him to speak on why we pray when we get together. Why, you know, we can pray on our own, but why do we pray when we get together? So he'll be talking about that. And, um, and at some point we'll finish off the Beatitudes, I'm sure, and, and also Ecclesiastes, which I haven't forgotten about. I'm sure you haven't forgotten. So that's just a little heads up of, of the next few weeks. Um, I, I don't often, well, this doesn't often happen to me like this, but I felt quite strongly that I need to speak about um, a very... Uh, Think of the moment, which is Brexit, um, which, and as I say those words, I, apart from maybe Pinto, everyone's kind of there's probably hackles raising already as I'm saying the word here. You know about Brexit, Pinto? That you know that we've decided to vote. We had a vote, and we've now left the Europe. We're trying to leave the European Union. It's complicated, and if you want me to tell you more, we can we we can talk about it later. And the reason why I'm I'm talking about this is. Um, it comes off the back of the, um, what Sheila was speaking on um, a few weeks ago when she spoke on the Beatitudes, are blessed are the peacemakers. Very challenging, what Sheila brought, and, and I don't want to you feel that I'm reviewing that because um, she didn't do a good job. She did a brilliant job, and it really it was challenging. So thank you, Sheila. Um, it's up online if you haven't heard it. Um, I recommend you listen to that. Um, but it was the, to be a peacemaker... <coughs> In, in the light of Brexit, those two things were just really speaking to me, and particularly as things are, are still unfolding, aren't they, day to day. And, and the fact that even Margaret mentions it now, you know, because it's on everyone's thoughts. We, nobody knows what's going on, and we live in these strange, unprecedented times in our country, don't we? Um, and, and I think what the Brexit vote has exposed is a deep divide in our nation. Would we agree on that? Yeah? Um, and um, I think it's, it's difficult for us to see a way back from where we've, where we've got to, really. And so, um, really, for me, Brexit now has become not so much our relationship with Europe and where, whether we're in Europe or out of Europe, um, but how do we recover from this as a nation? The vote was, there was a, the, in the vote, um, just so if you don't know, the vote was just under 52% people voted out of the European Union and just over 48% voted to remain in Europe. And I was thinking about this. If, if I was um, interviewing, for, say, for this church or any church, if I'd gone and, and I'd said, um, okay, we'd like you to consider whether you'd like me to be the pastor of this church, and the church took a church meeting vote and they voted and it was 52-48 split. And they said, yes, we'd like to appoint you as pastor with a 52% majority. 
I'm thinking to myself, I don't really think I would want to be a pastor in that church because what that says to me is there's division in the church and it's very difficult to, to do anything with a group of people that are that split. Um, and so, for me, Europe isn't our biggest problem, in or out. The division in our nation is our biggest problem. Um, and we are so polarised, and, and as I speak to people, very, people are very entrenched in their views. Uh, there's spin on both sides of the political agenda. Um, there's a very, very much a lack of listening, a lack of understanding. And actually, if you notice, the far right and the far left are growing stronger. And that should be concerned. Uh, the polarisation. Parliament's in gridlock. Um, the irony is that, that our elected representatives are divided and undecided. They can't make a decision. Democracy seems almost to have broken down, really, um, and reached its limit. And so that's the age we're living in. Um, and whichever way we voted, I was talking to Emma about this, and I think we both agreed, it's a right mess. <laughs> we can agree on that, it's a right mess. We're in a mess. Uh, which, whichever way you think is the right um, direction. And so the question is, what happens now? Um, I want to bring us to Psalm 133, which says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Unity is the thing, is, is our problem at the moment. Um, and so I want to speak about Brexit and I want to speak about the church's response, well, what I believe the church's response, at least one of the church's responses should be to Brexit. And I think um, it's one of those things where, you know, Jesus says, let him who has ears, let him hear. Yeah? And it's one of those things where I just want you to listen carefully to what I'm saying because um, what, when, often when I say things about a, a subject, with just as an illustration almost sometimes, I, I don't know, I'll... I might use, for example, the fact that I played for the Queen once as an example. I did want to mention, actually, somebody mentioned Cliff Richard. I've, I've played with him as well. Um, uh, yeah, everybody has. Um, and, and the thing is, people, are, you, but then you use that as an illustration, and then people are, but then the message is something completely different and, and it's important. And people come up to you and they start talking about, oh, you played with Cliff Richard. And it's like, yeah, that wasn't the point, that was just an illustration. Okay, and actually Brexit isn't the point here. So I don't want to, you know, I don't really want to be talking about Brexit after, afterwards, but I do want to be talking about our, our response to Brexit. Um, because Brexit causes us to react in a way and, and we'll say things like, well, the trouble is, and then we have our opinion. Or, if only, and then we have our opinion. Or, they don't, they don't see that. Or, the politicians are, and then we, we, we get into the, the polarization again. And it's not really, I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about these things, okay? I'm not saying don't talk about Brexit and your opinion. But I don't think getting embroiled in the debates and our opinion and arguments is going to really solve things. I love it when people put things on Facebook as if like, they're going to change the world. <laughs> I put a paste, post on Facebook and it, this is my opinion. And so everything's right now. You know, I've, I've tweeted my opinion and so the world will be put right. You know, or we get together in the pub and we sort of thrash it out, you know, and like Keith and I would get together in the pub, and we just thought, let's, let's sort of thrash this out, and we're going to solve it now. Um, I think this is about looking above and beyond, 
and looking about the kingdom's rule in the kingdom's reign. That, that Jesus is in control. Even if we, even if we devote 99% majority to do something utterly ridiculous, Jesus is still in control. Even if we don't have a vote and we live in a dictatorship, Jesus is still in control. Even if you lived in the Roman Empire and you didn't have a say in anything, the good news was Jesus is still in control. And so it's about looking above and beyond. And I think the message to the church in this country, and the message really from the church and the message to the church is, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. And I think one of the key ministries of the church, and I think it's going to be for the next decade at least, is bringing peace and making peace in a, in a country that is lit. Um, I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Daniel, but I said, um, we don't want to say, but <laughs> I said to Daniel, how was your time in Cornwall? And he said, well, it was, it was all right, actually. We managed to avoid talking about Brexit <laughs> to it in the family. We avoided having an argument, you know, basically. And actually, I think you said the same, Sheila, didn't you? You said, it's splitting families. I mean, this is, ri- it's ridiculous. This. Okay, all right, we don't talk about it. All right. But that's, that's the level. That's the level. And, and in fact, I meant that somebody at the Kate Cupper and Company a few weeks, a few months ago, actually, and, and they said that the children aren't speaking to the dad about politics because of this. It's just, anyway, it's the elephant in the room. And so one of our key ministries, I think, is the church in this country in the, in the next, I don't know how many years, will be, uh, I, I think, I don't want to sound like I'm some prophet to the nation, but I, I think this is true. We have to be peacemakers in this time. The, to be the salt of the earth in our this next, gener- this next generation, if you like, is to be peacemakers in a world of division. People are divided, and we are called to be peacemakers, to heal divisions, to find other ways, uh, to find what unifies, to minister the gospel of peace through Jesus. And I was thinking about this. It's not to be peacekeepers. You know, peacekeepers... In my generation, I can remember the, the, the war in Bosnia and, and we sent in UN peacekeepers, didn't we? The guy with the blue, blue helmets on. I always thought that was a rather dangerous colour to be wearing. It's like, please shoot me. <laughs> you know, in the hostile situation. But it seemed to me that those peacekeepers were simply keeping two people that hated each other apart and not actually doing anything to heal the wounds. I mean, I, maybe this is very oversimplifying and I don't know the situation, but often peacekeepers are the ones that are treading very carefully in between and sort of say, I'm just going to keep you from punching you or you shooting you and, and that's how we're going to keep the peace. And I don't think Jesus calls us to that. I think he calls us to be peacemakers. And that, the peacekeeping is just keeping the status quo, really, and keeping it there. But actually peacemaking is, is an active... Um, proactive thing that we're doing to bring healing and to bring unity. Where in a situation where you think, how on earth are we going to do this? And I think that only happens through Jesus. It only happens through Jesus at the end of the day. Um, Jesus is our peace. So it says in, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, Jesus is our peace. He has destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. The dividing wall of hostility. That even those words in themselves, when you say them today, that conjures up images that um, speaks to a world that is trying to divide rather than unify. 
And this is, in Ephesians, it's talking about the Gentiles and the Jews and saying there was hostility. And in Jesus, there's a new humanity that's being made, a peace that is being made in all humanity through Jesus. And that Paul says, wherever you've come from, we all have access to the Father through Jesus, by the one Spirit. And so, in a time of division, I think we're called to be a people of peace, peacemakers in families, in communities, in the whole nation, and the only way we'll bring unity is through Jesus. And it's, I said this to Pinto, great to have Pinto here with us this morning, and uh, um, in our previous church, the minister was Sri Lankan, and he had a, a, a Sri Lankan congregation, and I don't know if you know much, much about the history of Sri Lanka, but you might remember 30 years ago, there was a civil war. Am I right? It's been about 30 years ago. 2009. Okay. Okay. So, okay. 30 years civil war, and there was uh, two groups of people, and I'm, I, I'm, and I said as soon as I saw Pinto, it was great. Uh, here's me. I, I, again, oversimplifying. So if you want the details, you can ask him afterwards. You had the, the, the Singhalese and the Tamil-speaking people, different and it was, it was vicious, it was brutal, as, as far as I know. But in this church, so this was now, when did this church start? Uh, over 20 years ago. Um, it was a congregation in North London where Singhalese and Tamil-speaking people were together, uh, worshipping God together, worshipping Jesus together. We were, I was witness times where there was a guy who spoke of atrocities that he, I can't remember whether he was Tamil or Singhalese, in the conflict and things that he had done, he was confessing in front of the church. I ordered this to happen in the army, and, this, and as a result, these people died. And we were like, oh, goodness, how? And to get in a church under Jesus, healing happens, unity comes. Um, it's a beautiful thing, and it can happen. Um, so, today, Today, if you listen, I listen to some of the commentators, uh, the Christian commentators. People are now, I hear a lot of people now saying that politics in this age has become a new religion, or it's become the new religion. And so people have strong affinities, left or right, their ideologies, their hope for the future. And I suppose if you think of it this way, where do people put their hope in the future? They will hope that if you vote this way, our future will be better. Salvation will come. A better world will come if we vote and this happens. Yeah, and so, so it's almost like politics has become the new religion and has become the new salvation. And you can have your opinion, is what I'll say to you, but what overrides that? Please don't stop voting. No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay? I think democracy is the, the best worst option, or the worst best option. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, what overrides it is even if we fall off the cliff, which may, we may well do as a country. I don't know what's going to... Nobody knows what's going to happen, do they? But we need to remember that we live in a different kingdom and that we have a different hope. And my hope isn't in the Conservatives or Labour or anybody else. And even if they have a good vision for the future, my hope is that the best vision for the future is in Jesus and in his kingdom. And as peacemakers in this world, we live under a different rule. We live under a different system. Um, I was reading in John some of the, the passion narratives just leading up to Easter, and I was just struck by how Jesus, when he's confronted with Pilate, Pilate's sort of poking his finger in his face, effectively, saying, yeah, who are you, kind of thing. 
And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. And we need to hold on to that. Because, yeah, we can... Uh, I mean, even saying, don't not join a political party. But it, th- these things are not the fight that we are called to fight. Ultimately. You know, it's not fisticuffs over left and right. These politics against this politics. But it's actually, Jesus says, my kingdom is from another place. You can do what you want. You can fight all you like. It doesn't make any difference. In Psalm 2, God says that he laughs at those who, who, who sort of struggle and, and strive because his kingdom is above, beyond. And so as servants of, of Jesus, we aren't to fight. We live in a different political realm and a kingdom from another place. Peacemaking children of God in this world. And we are to pour oil of healing into this world. Not feed the fire with oil an oil that feeds the fire but an oil that brings healing and so this divided generation, democracy is creaking I heard another commentator say that in this time where democracy is failing, it is a, a time right for the country to have a coming king not someone who voted in by us, but actually we need to say we don't know what's right for ourselves you know, I don't, you know, you may vote one way, I may vote the other way, but who's right? You know, we don't know what's right for ourselves. We need an overruling king who comes and says, I know what's best for all of you. And so as peacemakers, we bring a message where I know what's best to unify us, which is, is to have a king that rules over all of us. And in doing that, as peacemakers, one of the things we need to do as peacemakers, we need to surrender the right to say that I am right. Okay? We need to surrender the right to say I'm right. Peter touched on this earlier. the other day. But I, I don't want to just sort of just, what do you say something like, um, I, I don't want to just sort of prove my point, you know, prove to you that my point is right. You know, I have to win the argument just, just for the sake of me. And I think if we want to be peacemakers, we want to better have to be able to surrender, right, surrender the right to say, I am right. And actually, we need to hold on to the scriptures. What does it say? That God works all things for the good of those who love him. Yeah? So even if I lose the argument, even if we lose the vote, even if we realize this is actually the worst thing possible for everybody, that actually God will work it. Because I don't know if you noticed that through our sins he works. Yeah, who's sinful me? He leads the church. You know, through sinful you, you speak good news to people. And and so through even the worst decisions we can make, corporately and individually, let's hold on to God as He works for us. For our good. So even when things are, are bleak, we can say, This is the right way. In Jesus. Even if it is, we realize it's utterly the wrong way in, in the natural. Strange. So even, even Jesus, when faced with the cross, which would look like, this is surely the wrong way. He could say, no, this is the right way. Even when things are looking, the complete end of everything in him is the right way. So submission to this good can coming king who reconciles all things to himself by making peace 
through the cross is the way we've got to go. And so this age where we live, where this politics is like a religion, and people trust in these political ideologies, and they're hoping for a good world, and democracy seems like the salvation for the world. And it, we're realizing it doesn't work. And democracy is like the least worst option. What we're, we're longing for is to say there is a coming king. There is a coming king. Who is, and he is good for all of us. But he's a, like a dictator, but who's benevolent and, and the best thing for all of us. And then there will be peace. See, democracy isn't the be all and end all. Democracy, democracy will always leave some people dissatisfied, won't they? Even if the vote was 99% and 1% voted, the 1% are still dissatisfied. We wanted the other thing. And the 1% might actually be have the best idea, but sometimes the 99% vote um, in one way. But, but with Christianity, it's not about us getting our way, but it's looking to the king who is overall and, and unified. And always does the best. His way is the best way. There's an old song. Anyway, it's going back a generation or so. Or maybe two or three. Um, we wait for the coming king whose way is the best way. And then under the king, it's not about us and them. It's not about I think it's this person's fault or I think it's this politician's issues or I think this is the problem or I think I know best. And... Brexit and however we voted, we, obviously we voted by thinking we know best. Otherwise we wouldn't have voted that way, even if we we're a little bit confused. But we're not called to that. We are called to unite under a king. We are called to be peacemakers in this world. And that doesn't mean to say we don't, like she said, we don't, there are things that we still stand up for. There are still things that we fight for. We, we fight for injustice. Or we fight for justice rather where there, where there is injustice. We fight for what is right. But we defer to a good king. And I think Brexit reveals anything. It's, it reveals that we're a world yearning for something other. Something we're yearning for a good king to come, even if the world doesn't realize it. So the ministry of the church is to bring peace through Jesus. And so here's the challenge. To find ways of bringing peace. Of making peace. Not keeping the peace, but making peace. And to move beyond... Um, the left and right. So in everyday conversation, in every in our interactions, I've been challenged by as I've been thinking about this week, because I've got to the point I said to Louise where it's just become so farcical that I just laugh at the news now. I turn it on, I'm thinking, really? <laughs> They're doing this? You know, it's like, but I need to start thinking, uh, and it's tempting to ev in every conversation, sort of like my sarcastic nature will sort of, you know, just naturally just come out with a, a Brexit joke, just because it is so funny to me in a way. I hope this humour comes because I trust in God. Rather than I am just at my wit's end thinking, what's going on? And I think it is. But I think we need to find ways in our everyday conversation to, to either restrain ourselves and just zip it, or, or find ways of moving beyond that left versus right, Brexit versus Remain, um, and find a third way. And find a way that actually brings unity and Red did a brilliant thing a few weeks ago. There was some debate going on in the job club. I mentioned it a few weeks ago. Sorry to embarrass you. 
is that there was this whole kind of thing, oh, well, there, there's, there's people coming in and taking our jobs kind of thing that's going on in, in Job Club. And, and Reg just took it off in a different direction and in a way, spoke in a way that just reminded everybody that at the end of the day, we're all still people. You know? Whether you're European or Sri Lankan or wherever you come from, God created all of us. Now, His image in all of us is in all of us. If we remember that and, and take it that way rather than looking at the argument, we can find a, a way of peace. It's not easy, I have to say. It takes skill, it takes wisdom, <coughs> um, and it takes just God's help, I think. But we need to uh, overcome the head to head. You know, um, I've been reading, I maybe talk about this more than another time, but reading stuff about the Trinity where the, the guy is saying the, the great thing about the Trinity is it brings us into a third, if you like. A lot of our stuff is like, it, it's me versus you. And so when it's one against one, that's always going to be a fight. Trinity, he says, there's a flow, and it sort of takes us the, the way, from one on one to kind of, oh, maybe there's just a third opinion of it. There's a there's another way we can look at this. There's a God way of looking at this that brings a, a, a unity and a flow rather than just a head to head all the time. And we need to find that. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I think we're called to avoid head to head combat. So, don't antagonize. You know, if you. There are politicians out there who will antagonize. And, and we are called to be the up, utterly the opposite. But it's easy to antagonize. It, you even just have to say some certain, like key words, you know, anger management, don't mention these trigger words. But if you just say Brexit or Farage or the European Parliament or something, and it's like. <laughs> so I think, you know, we just need to learn how to speak in ways that are peacemaking. To ask more questions than give opinions, to find answers, and find answers not to catch people out, but to, to actually ask the question, where, and, um, where did the idea come from? Where do, where, do your, where do your thinkings come from on this? And to keep quiet if necessary, to speak divine wisdom, we need divine wisdom, particularly when you've got families like Sheila said, where people just don't talk, find divine wisdom uh, how we can speak, and in doing all, bring it all unto the king. Bring it all under the region. So I'm just wondering whether we can just finish. We'll just take a moment. We'll bring to mind some relationships or situations where there is division. Maybe even not even to do with Brexit, but I think we're called to be peacemakers. We're called in this nation to be people who actually actively make peace. To make peace, not just keep the peace. I think that's what will we'll, the world. That's best it can do in the next. We'll, we'll try and make keep the peace. Try and find a compromise. But actually, I think in Jesus, He calls us to make peace, and we are um, we are one. To heal division, find what unifies. To ask the Holy Spirit to come and make us peacemakers. And so, when this ask ourselves, how are we going to respond? Are we going to join in with the opinions? Or are we going to find a way of peace? Or are we just going to keep quiet with the situation? Blessed of the Remainer, or do we want to be known as a Brexiteer, or do we want to be known as a child of God? We want to be known as a child of God, so we need to be in the business of peacemaking. So I'm going to pray, and it's just, you may have 
you, you may not. You're blessed if you don't. But you may, there may be just stuff going on in wisdom on how we can be peacemakers. Um, and but I think beyond that, we, it's our job to go out into the world and be peacemakers wherever we find this unity of national turmoil. And again, we call out to you for our nation. We're just being reminded this morning, after the war and the, the, how this country recovered from that, and through times of revival of your spirit, through times even now as you're moving in different ways. And we're grateful for that. And we just hold on to that, that you are Lord over all. And we look forward to a coming king who will, be, who will rule and reign and unify us all. But in this moment, we call out for this country which is in such a divided state, such an opinionated and polarized state, Lord, and we pray for us. Let us be people that learn and know how to take it away from a one-on-one fight, us be them or them be us. And let us find ways of making peace and bringing peace, actively working to inject peace into situations. And we really need wisdom. We really need help in doing that. And help us not to get involved in the antagonizing political climate. Help us to to hold our tongue where necessary, but let us be gifted in peace. Peacemaking wherever we find it. So whether it's in our families, whether it's in our neighbours, in our neighbourhood, whether it's in our friends, whether it's in our work colleagues, whether it is in the community, whether it is in this town or in this country as a whole, or even the world as a whole. Lord, show us our part in making peace in this world. Because Jesus, we thank you that it is in you we find peace. And as Jesus, you said, as you visited the disciples, often after resurrection, the words are, peace be with you. Let us be, let us be out that here, the message that we go with into this world, to our country. Help us, Lord. Amen.